This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Hey, thank you, Johnny, and good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Hasn't it been good to worship together this morning? I just, I don't know what that did to your, your soul and your spirit, your connection with God, but I'm sitting down there getting all teary because just, yeah, really felt the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning, and I um, certainly pray and, and trust that's been true of you as well. Hey, I wanted to start by uh, just, just asking the question, have you ever had or had contact with somebody whose life and example was so inspiring that it left an indelible mark on you? Just a question to get you thinking uh, in that. Uh, so for me, I want to share, share a little story. So when I was uh, my first uh, full-time pastor, I was, you know, 20-something, fresh out of college, uh, hot-headed pastor. Uh, there was this uh, older couple in the life of my church who just exuded Jesus, unbelievably. Uh, and so every now and again, they'd invite me over to their house um, as a way of connecting with me, of caring for me, of, of wanting to know what God was at work doing uh, in the life of our youth group. And you'd go into their house, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it's hard to describe, but, but it was tangibly different than other houses. Have you had that experience? And before they did anything and before they said anything, you'd walk over the threshold and you would feel this embrace of warm Christian hospitality and love. You would experience the the peace of Christ and you just know that you know that you know that this is a house where Jesus dwells. And you'd chat to them and you'd pray with them and they just exuded the fruits of the Spirit. And they couldn't help but spill over in terms of their peace and their gentleness, their kindness, their, their love for Jesus was just unbelievable. It really was inspirational. They were the kind of people you like, you look up to and you go, man, there is something. God has got his hand on their life. Now, at the time, I was part of a church where there were plenty of other people their age in the life of the church that I probably would not have described in such similar language. Uh, People who have been following Jesus for decades and decades, and yet some of the things they said and some of the things they did and some of the ways they behaved in church meetings um, made me question maybe their spiritual maturity and their growth as a disciple over those years. Uh, Is that fair? No, no, it's probably not fair. I can say it's fair because I was there. And so I knew that when I went and connected with this couple, that it wasn't just their age. It wasn't just the amount of years that they'd been following Jesus. That wasn't the only thing that could explain what was different about them, what I was experiencing uh, from them. And so there was one day where I went, you know what, I'm just going to flat out ask them. And I remember where I was, I was sitting here, the two of them were sitting on this little table with glass wall behind them looking out into their, to their courtyard. I was having a cup of tea because they served the most rank instant coffee in their house. Uh, and I looked at them and I, just, and I just said, I said, what is your secret? Like, what is your secret to have been following Jesus this long and still be this passionate? The things I'm seeing and I'm sensing of your, your love for the church, your commitment to holiness, the ways that you experience God, what is your secret? And I'll never forget that they looked at each other and they smiled And they turned back to me and they just started sharing. They started sharing how they were more in love with Jesus now than at any point in their life and their journey of faith. They started sharing about how grateful, deeply grateful they were for what Jesus had done for them. After all those decades, it still blew them away. 
They started sharing with me their patterns of, of confession and repentance with the Lord. They started sharing with me about the way that they worship God daily, the way that they fed their souls in going to the Word and to praying, and they just went on and on and on and on and on. And so I'm sitting there, this hot-headed, you know, fresh out of Bible college pastor, looking at them and realizing, oh, right, there was no moment. There, there was no conference. There was no encounter. This is the result of daily experiencing and pursuing God for themselves. This lifetime, I mean, quite literally, <laughs> most of their lifetime, I think it was, a, if, if I added their years of following Jesus together, it was about four times the amount of years I'd been alive at that point in time. Lifetimes of giving themselves over to discipleship and partnering with what God is seeking to do in their life. And I remember sitting there and looking at them, hearing this answer and just going, I want that to be true of me. I want to get to their age and see the life of Jesus so visible in my life, so tangible, so much growth happens over the years. And I'm willing to bet that in this room there's a bunch of people who love Jesus and whose hearts are still soft for the things of God, and that excites you too. Am I right? That idea that each passing week, month, year, decade, we are becoming more like the one that we love and that we follow, allowing his life and his love to outwork in our lives in a very real and tangible way. So it is January, and all throughout January, what we're doing is we're just trying to launch into this year really well. So it's going to be very good. The horizon is not when you're 80 or 90 at the end of your life. I want the horizon to be at the end of this year. Uh, I want us to be thinking through, well, how is God calling me to grow in that this year? How, uh, what are the ways that I'm seeking to become more like Jesus at the end of this year, to join with and partner with this work of ongoing discipleship in my life? Is that cool? Cool, so I've got a couple of minutes, and then we're going to invite some friends about how they're seeking to do that um, this year. And uh, as Johnny mentioned, there is a little question that I'm going to ask everybody, and there's going to be a moment to reflect on at the end of the message. If I could pray one thing for my growth as a disciple this year, it would be dot, dot, dot. So I want everyone to give everybody the chance to actually spend some time with Jesus and to think about that, commit to that, write that down at the end of the message. So that's a little bit of a warning. So the beautiful thing about following Jesus is that the moment we decide to follow Jesus, it's not done, but it's the beginning, right? It's the beginning of an amazing adventure, a journey of faith, a life of discipleship, of being a disciple. That, that's a learner, an apprentice, somebody who sits under Jesus, who listens to Jesus, who learns from Jesus in order to become like Jesus. And Jesus frames this up very clearly when he's laying down what the call of discipleship is. This is Luke chapter 9, verse 23. You'll know these words. And then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. What's the next word? Daily and follow me. Daily and follow me. You know, the pattern of discipleship is a daily journey. Uh, we described, I'm um, sorry, in my last church, we spent years defining discipleship and, and talking about it as a church. And we just recognized that discipleship is a lifelong process marked by progress, not perfection. Discipleship is a lifelong process marked by progress and not perfection. It's that idea that every day as we deny ourselves and we take up our cross and we follow Jesus, we're allowing his life and his teaching to find greater expression in our lives. 
uh, that, that we're daily, we're increasingly embracing the truths of the gospel, uh, believing them, receiving them, living in light of them, and letting them outwork in our lives. And so day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, you get the point. Over time, there's this beautiful journey towards, I would say, who we're called to be and who we're called to become as we follow Jesus and allow his life to find expression in and through ours. And the Apostle Paul, when he kind of gets saved and he starts doing this, this pattern uh, in his own life, this journey of discipleship, of, of following Jesus and becoming uh, more like him, he actually celebrates the difference between the old covenant experience of trying to do the right thing and the new covenant experience of this inner and ongoing transformation. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he's... he's very much contrasting kind of that old covenant where the law was written literally on stone tablets and, and brought down the mountain from Moses for the people to, to do better, try harder, and try and uh, outwork in their life and in their community with this new covenant experience of receiving the Holy Spirit from God who is writing the law, the things of God on our hearts internally, renovating us, changing us, shaping us, forming us, transforming us into the image of God. And 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 have been key verses for me as, my, as I've understood my own discipleship. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, praise God. And we all, all of us who with unveiled faces, and that's an Old Testament uh, reference there, uh, as we basically who see God as he truly is, contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from him, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, are being transformed. It's just one word in the Greek where we get our word metamorphosis from. It's this idea that actively, currently, and ongoingly, there is this process of transformation that God is actively seeking to work and bring about in my life. That day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, he is increasingly shaping me and forming me, transforming me into the very image and the likeness of his son. This is the path of a disciple. And again, is that exciting, some of you? I hope so. Because it is amazing to even actually stop and look back and see that journey, that progress, that transformation that God has been outworking in our lives, um, which I think is really exciting. Well, I did promise and I did say that we're going to have a chance to actually think about, well, what does that look like for us? Uh, and we're going to start by, what does it look like for Julie? Hello, Julie. Come on up. And Daniel, can we make them feel really welcome as they come on up to the stage? Awesome. So good. So um, I recognize that this is a big, big question as we start to think through, as we start to want to go, hey, how do we want to grow as a disciple this year? What words would we frame around that? What would we pray into that? So I've given these guys the question a little bit of advance notice so they can have spent time with God thinking through it. Um, we did have one of our young adults lined up as well, but unfortunately came down sick last night. But that's all good. Julie, would you share with us, please, what is your prayer, your heart, for the way that you would grow as a disciple this year. Okay. Um, I was just listening to what you were saying and I think the description you gave of that couple, that's what I aspired to many, many years ago, but yeah. I think I fell more into the other camp that you were talking about. Oh, there was no judgment or condemnation. <laughs> no, no, but, you know, I think for a lot of us that could be true. Um, yeah, I think on thinking of this question, I thought, well, gosh, I've been a Christian for 
50 years or so. I've been at this church for 40 years or so. And um, I've been active in a lot of roles, doing a lot of different things. And, but I realise that most of what I've been doing in ministry or whatever has been out of a need that I had or a safety net that I had that I thought that, you know, I could be comfortable and safe and share lots of things. So I'm now retired. I don't have grandmotherly duties in the same way that I had last year. So um, this is a whole new life for me, a whole new start. And I last year started with... um, our flourish group, we did a, a reading the Bible in a year, so we were doing it every day. And I, I remember saying to the girls at the beginning, I don't think I'll keep this up. But I did, and I've read it most days, every day. Um, and it just showed me that, that God really wants to work through me. Um, so this year, I, my prayer is that I develop a much closer connection to God through the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, and I think it can only be through the Holy Spirit. So that I can know what he wants me to do to bring glory to him rather than my own comfort or whatever. Mm. Um, And also to be able to fully let go of the baggage that I've been carrying around that is stopping that connection. Yeah. So that's my prayer. That's quite powerful. Can you just read that again so we we all all caught that? Because that was... um, Okay. Um, My prayer is that I develop a much closer connection to God through the Holy Spirit so that I can know what he wants me to do to bring glory to him and also to be able to fully let go of the baggage I've been carrying around that is stopping that connection. Hey man, I'm going to pass this on before I start crying. That's Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Daniel, for you, you've been sitting with with the same question. Um, What's the prayer? What's the heart behind it? Yeah, thanks, Travis. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to you know, share. And Julie, just yeah, just beautiful um, your heart there. No. Uh, and I, I did want to say particular thanks to those who have, have shared over the last couple of weeks as well and been part of the panel because there's yeah, there is something really significant and, and special about sharing our hearts with one another and sharing that journey and being part of that with one another and. Um, so I've, yeah, I've been tremendously encouraged over the last couple of weeks by, by what everyone's shared and uh, their openness and vulnerability and Julie, you as well uh, this morning. Um, uh, for me, this was um, yeah, a, real, a real challenge in terms of uh, being concise, <laughs> trying to bring this down. Why, why use 10 words when 100 will do? Uh, you know, I like to, uh, like to you know, sometimes be quite verbose with these things. So... Um, but in a, in a bit of a nod to uh, yeah to any uh, preachers out there, I've managed to get it down to three dot points. Nice, and, nice. Um, <laughs> but but it's be- it gets better as well because uh, there you know, there's alliteration as well. So um, so good, good uh, Baptist, you're a good Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> so what I've got is uh, to to be intentional with the things of God, um, pursue intimacy uh, with with Emmanuel in a deeper way. And then living out of my true identity um, in Christ. So, so intentionality, intimacy, and identity in Christ is uh, is you know, what's uh, yeah, what what my prayer is all about this uh, yeah, for this year. Amazing. Yep. Ah, I love it. Can we uh, thank um, both of them? Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, God is actively at work in your life. 
seeking to bring about transformation. I think that is part of the good news of Jesus. Not that just that he has saved us at a, at a previous moment, decision, that, that, that what big word we'd call justification. Not just that in the future he's going to perfect us, what we would call our, our glorification when we see him face to face, but in between, actively, ongoingly, present, he is sanctifying, transforming, shaping us, forming us. And I think that's so good. Thank you for the heart of, of both of you for sharing. If I could pray one thing for my growth as a disciple, it would be dot, dot, dot. It's the question that you have just to spend a little bit of time with Jesus with now. I'd love you to think about and reflect on and ask God, is there something that you want to actually write down there? Maybe it's something about a truth, a spiritual truth that you need to embrace more in your life this year. Maybe it's an area of your character. Maybe it is a closeness and an intimacy with God or a purposefulness and intentionality in the way that you go about being and living as a disciple of Jesus. Um, So I'm about to shut up and and get off the stage uh, and give some space for this. But before I do, I just want to share a little bit from our NCLS from last year. Throughout January, we've been sprinkling through some of the stats. Um, They've been so great to sit down with and actually really, truly hear from this faith community, this faith family about a whole range of things. One of the questions, you may not remember it, but one of the questions in that survey that 200 people in the Life of Our Church filled out last year was, what do you think should be one of the priorities that we go after in the next 12 months as a church? So you asked that last year, what was one of the things you think is really important you would love to see us go after this year? And the number one thing was spiritual growth. You guys are hungry to see a move of God in your own life. You're hungry and you're wanting and you're desiring to see God shape us and form us and transform us and move among us. To get to the end of the year and look back and say, I am different in December than I was in January because Jesus was at work in my life. Because God was actively transforming me by his spirit and I participated in that process. I think that is so exciting. I've got so much faith and hope for this community this year if that is the desire and if that is the hunger in our lives. So this is part of, part of doing this together now. Uh, I want to create a space where you can encounter God for yourself. Write down, what is that prayer? Uh, there's a pen on every second seat. Yeah, write down, what is that prayer? There's a little space on there to actually write your name as well. That's optional. That's up to you. But honestly, I would love to pray for you in that. So if you pop your name down, I'll be praying for you. Won't be sharing it uh, in any other way. Just I'll, I'll know that that's your heart and your prayer for your own discipleship this year. And I'd love to intercede um, with you um, for God to grow you in that way. And obviously communion is set up there because sometimes when we think about our growth uh, over the coming year, we, I often have that moment, Julie, where I look back and go, ooh, maybe I haven't grown as much as I could have or should have. And I have to say, I'm starting to get a little bit embarrassed by how many years I've been following Jesus. I would have expected to see more and greater transformation. Uh, but there is freedom and there is grace and there is no condemnation here. But uh, allow communion there to be a time of reconnecting with God and maybe recommitting your ways afresh to join in actively that process of his discipleship, what he's seeking to transform in your life. Well, So Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you, God, that you are the kind of God who cares about our lives, the kind of God who is present and active with us. 
The kind of God who doesn't sit in a temple somewhere and look across the world he created and say, do better, try harder, come up to me, and when you're good enough, then I'll love you. But God, you pursue us with your love. Jesus, you came to earth. You offer grace and forgiveness and restored relationship with you for all who place their faith and trust. And at that moment, we start this beautiful kingdom adventure called discipleship, where every day we get to work out what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be a new creation. And God, would you hear our heart, the heart of your children this morning, that we want to partner and participate in that process, that we want to be changed, renewed, transformed by your spirit day on day week on week month on month year on year until we can't help but exude Christ in the way that we live and speak where every day we wake up and we love you Jesus more than we ever have before where we experience your nearness and your power more than we ever have before the life and the love of Jesus is visible, tangible, as we live and as we seek to help others find the same thing that we have in you. So God, as we sit with this question, if we could pray one thing for our growth as a disciple this year, I pray, Lord, that you would land the answer and the prayer for each of us in our spirits. They would have the boldness and the courage and the faith to actually put pen to paper and say, yes, Lord, I want to participate what you're seeking to do in my life this year. And as we commit to that, as we find yeah, commit, uh, connection with you afresh through communion, Lord, would you bless and would you encourage, would you honour and would you outwork that in our lives this year? We love you, Jesus. We follow you, Jesus. We pursue you, Jesus. And we welcome your work of transformation in our life. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.